Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I'm your host, Kyle Pagan, and doggone it, we've got a great show for you today. We've got Brian Dawkins coming on in 20 minutes to talk about his trading card collab with Spectre Art. Talk a little birds off to their 8-1 and hot start. But first, we got to talk about Tyrese Maxey's 50-burger and some stuff from the weekend. So let's bring on Kevin Kincaid, who I hope had a great weekend. How are we doing, brother? Good. I did have a great weekend. How about you? I had a great weekend too. Watched a lot of sports though, so it wasn't like we took. A, I took time off, you know, spent time with the family or yeah. anything. We watched <laughs> watched a lot of sports. Well, big weekend for for you and your uh, Michigan Wolverines, right? Or my whatever, go blue baby. Against, yeah, whoever's been whoever's playing against Penn State, right? That's your. Uh... Yeah, I'm one of those. Uh, I'm one of those knockoff shirts <laughs> that you used to see like in the uh, in the lots. Like I root for the Eagles and whoever's playing the Dallas Cowboys. I root for yeah. Temple football. Kinda and uh, and whoever's playing the Penn State uh, Nittany Lions, yeah, bad uh, bad week for basketball schools. Temple lost and yeah. uh, and and Penn State lost too. Well, what um, so I noticed that you weren't uh, given Penn State Michigan the the Twitter treatment uh, like you were doing with uh, Penn State o- Ohio State. So what was the difference between uh, did you just not want to overdo it? Were you looking out for our Penn State readers? What was kind of the uh, difference in? Uh, I don't in, care about <laughs> our Penn State readers. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't give one shit about Penn State readers. But you know yeah. what? Bob yelled at me. He thought I was overdoing it a little bit when uh, when we played Ohio State. He gave me a little like uh, yeah, slap uh, on yeah. the wrist a little. Okay, was this public or was this behind the behind the this scenes? Behind the scenes. Behind okay, the scenes. All right, a little bit of inside. In, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, um, I was feeling a little bit that way too. I was like, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think the way that I um, justified it to myself was like, I'll, I'll just come out and take the other side on uh, there you go. the site We've on Monday readers. or whatever. I think I, I think I dead defended. Well, we got a lot of readers, you know. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Um, I I <laughs> I don't think we we're like I look at site traffic trends and stuff like that. I don't think I was criticizing uh, Penn State has really made much of a shift in uh, if you know if how, me how- <laughs> criticizing Penn State gets people yeah. not to sign up for this ESPN bet launch. You can go to crossingbroad.com. Yeah. You can see it in the little right. bottom right hand corner. Uh, <laughs> if you want to opt into the ESPN uh, bet launch that is going off in eleven hours, fifty six minutes, and fifteen seconds. We would appreciate that. Keep me, help yeah. me keep the lights on, help Kev keep the lights on, help Craig mm-hmm. behind the scenes keep the lights on. Uh, that would be awesome. But I don't think people are like, oh man, Pagan hates Penn State. You know, let's yeah. uh, let's yeah, not yeah. sign up for for ESPN better. Let's uh, let's not read no. Crossing Broad. No. I think that's bullshit. I mean, it's the same way if like you were a uh, you were doing a Cleveland blog, a Cleveland Browns blog, but you were like, all right, I hate Pitt. Let's just poke a little bit of fun at uh, Pitt because I went to West Virginia. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think people are smart and people are smart enough to kind of roll with it. Like they get our allegiances. We don't try to like hide from them or anything. I think it would be cheesier if we uh, pretended that we were Penn State fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we did some fake rah-rah bullshit, even though neither one of us. <laughs> That's a good tweet. We are going to the Outback Bowl. Yeah. I, I, see, she, <laughs> I just I, I wanted to start with something innocuous, but we can open with Penn State and then do Sixers if you want. Or do you want to do Maxi and then come back revisit the Penn State? I mean, thing? if we were if we were like a real nationally syndicated like sports radio show, you obviously start with Maxi, but we can Maxie. do whatever the hell we want. Again, it's yeah. our program. We could talk a little bit about Penn State. <laughs> all right, but I do. But here's the thing: I I do sense a lot of there was so much talk on the timeline of 
that game from even not just like from us, from, from tons of people who didn't go to Penn State. I mean, you know, as well as I do, like Philadelphia sports media, especially there's a ton of fucking people from Temple. Uh, like feels like every other person went to Temple, you know, and there are some Penn State people too. But I, but it speaks to me when I see that many people talking about that game, tweeting about a game for with two teams that they have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, that it that it's that you know the eyeballs are on there because I think that the, the weird thing, the way I look at it is like I'm I'm frustrated with Penn State, and I don't even like Penn State. I didn't go there. I'm not a Nittany Lion. I'm not alumni or whatever, but I, I realize that, you know, I've got some family members who are Penn State people, and we do have readers who are Penn State people. So, yeah, I want them to – I don't I don't like Michigan or Ohio State. I'm not sure for Michigan or Ohio State. Like, I got – you know, love to see them lose every game too. So, yeah, there's part of me that's like I'm frustrated just watching them as a neutral. I can't imagine what it would be like to be an alum and be like you're, you're right there. Yeah. And it feels like your floor every year is like 10-2 and two in the Peach Bowl – which mm-hmm. I mean, I admittedly I would love to have that <laughs> every year. Yeah. You know? It's like, what do they what do they not have that they that they need? Okay, they've got enough talent. I think we would all agree they've got enough talent. Like, don't tell me that JJ right. McCarthy's any better than like Drew Aller right now. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely for not. Threw the ball eight times. Um, they've got the atmosphere. They've got the NIL money. They've got the schedule. They've got so what are they hop head? Yeah, they need a they need a head coach. You know, you can fire the they offensive coordinator every every other year, they but fire like, the wrong guy. <laughs> like <laughs> right now, they're putting seven hundred million dollars into Beaver Stadium. They mine as well. I don't know if you ever seen the buyout money for James Franklin, but it's insane up until like 2025, 2026. They might as well just up that renovation to eight hundred million and just be like, hey, we're just gonna throw the James Franklin buyout money in there, and we're just gonna call it a loss. Um, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like. And this is, and, and I actually like, I do like Penn State people. Like, I, I have friends that have gone to Penn State, you know, good people and stuff. But I just, every year you just hear about it. You know, Drew Hours, the guy, Trace McSorley yeah. was the guy, Matt McGloin was the guy, Carrie yeah. Collins was the guy. Like, yeah. it's just, it's so much, it's so much fun to see it. And it's not like, it's not like they stink. Like, the defense no. is generational. Manny Diaz is awesome. He's probably going to get a head coaching job somewhere else this year. You have um, the number one running back in Nick Singleton in his class, the number one QB, Drew Aller, in his class. You've got the pipeline from the Lehigh Valley Harrisburg area that's got Saquon. That's got the defensive player of the year last year that has Singleton, yeah. like I just mentioned. Like, this team should be good. They should be in the elites. But everybody, every Penn State fan, before this was just always like, why don't they talk about us? Why don't they talk about us? Because you're you're in this weird area in, in the Big Ten where it's like you're Ohio State and you're Michigan, then you're Penn State in the second or third tier, and then everyone else below that sucks. Like the Big Ten kind of stinks besides you know, Michigan of, and it's, Ohio it's, State. The, the, yeah, the ceiling is high and the floor is very low, especially when you look at the West. I mean, it's like, what do you, what do you got over the Iowa? You know, I oh. get it that Penn State's in a, in a unique kind of thing where it's like, uh, you know, it, it's almost like reminds me of the Premier League a little bit. It's like, well, Arsenal's second or third again. Well, who did they finish runner up to? Manchester City, like one of the best teams of all time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, it's I get Tottenham. it. I'm not saying it's Tottenham. Being a Tottenham fan, it's <laughs> is Tottenham. Penn State Tottenham? Okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. Penn State is yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just, um, you know, what's curious to me is like, I see all these tweets after the game. It's like, James Franklin is overrated. James Franklin is over. I don't think he's, I think everybody's always kind of found him to be overrated. He's, he's right. I mean, like go back. Yeah. I think he's properly rated. I think everybody kind of knows that he's a fraud because I go back to five, six, seven years from now. Did you, have you ever run into a Penn Sears question for you or for anybody in the chat right now? 
have you ever run into a Penn State fan who likes James Franklin or who like thinks that he's the he he is it? I think the Rose Bowl brought a lot of people back in last year. Brought people when back. Signed him to a ten year okay. deal. There was that whole there was a rumors that he was going to go to USC and people were like, oh my god, he can't go to USC. Like, listen, like we said, ten and two and a Rose Bowl win is a great season for them. But I don't think you go to Penn oh. State. And you don't think you're a Penn State fan being like, I really hope we go 10 and two again and go to the Rose Bowl. Like they should call this playoff expansion the Penn State rule because Penn State will be in the playoff expansion. <laughs> like Penn State's always like the bridesmaid, never the bride, always kind of knocking know, they, on the door to the expansion. And now they'll be in it consistently because they're expanding to 12 to 12 teams and everything. They still won't do anything because they can't beat an elite team. In the, and James Franklin is plays chicken shit, pussy football. I mean, some yeah. of those moves, some of those calls for for them to fire the offensive coordinator yesterday. And some of those calls on like fourth and inches when they punted fourth and two, when they punted and stuff, just like, and then, and then just watch, like you said, JJ McCarthy to throw the ball eight times in the game, zero times in the second half, just to have it run down your generational defense's throat. Like I I, I, we had, um, we had Beasley Reese on the other day. If there wasn't yeah. a brawl in that locker room after the game, like the defense just beating the piss out of the <laughs> offense, I don't know what yeah. they're doing because that's that that was grounds for it. Uh, do the do the do a closing point on, on Penn State so we can get over to Maxi if you got anything. Well, the closing point is just a question that I would ask. You know, it, I think at what point do you, does it get to be you know where James Franklin is looked at like Andy Reid, or is he already considered to be Andy Reid? Where you're just like, hey man, he's just not going to get over the hump. You know, and then how does that look? You know, what's his buyout, right? Because I just don't. Yeah. The thing with James Franklin is I don't think any we're learning anything that we didn't already know. I mean, we made the joke like that was predictable. They're probably going to go 10 and two. They're going to lose to Ohio State. They're going to lose to Michigan. They're going to play like Ole Miss or Alabama in the Peach Bowl. And maybe they go in 11, 11 and two. And that is an amazing season for every team in college football, except for like five, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, I would love to have that. <laughs> I'd love to have that ceiling. Yeah, I would love to have that floor. But I don't know if Penn State, I don't know what Penn State fans are feeling now. I mean, like how much is enough? How many times do you have to see him lose to? Ohio State. Oh, Michigan, dude, some of the videos there. of him walking through the tunnel after the game were amazing. I mean, Penn State yeah. players flipping out on the fans, telling them to go fuck themselves and everything. You don't know what you're talking about while he's just walking in and he's getting booed left and right, left and right. People are Penn State Beaver. Like those, they're done. They're they're done they're with right. him. He can't. Yeah. I don't think he yeah. can do anything. He has to like. And it, but it's funny though. Like he could just go out next year and and beat Michigan or beat Ohio State. I mean, we're we're talking like two years ago. Harbaugh was on the hot seat, and now mm-hmm. look, at him. he's untouchable. Unless you're well, that NCAA. whole stupid fucking thing. I'm so close to just muting everything about Harbaugh and Michigan on the time. I can't think of anything I could care less about. Could not care less. Could care less. Whatever yeah. the you know, with whatever proper. But I was like, enough, enough of that already. But all right. Um, Speaking of it, pen, yeah, let's get it back to a team that's actually fun and actually wins and overachieves. Yeah, um, a team with six or eight and one that you actually won to be eight and one. Yeah, I they like um they shot like a hundred five shots, I think, last night. <laughs> like a hundred hundred and thirty-seven points. Uh Embiid had like thirty-seven or something, right? In addition to Max, he scored fifty. Yeah, yeah. Embiid had you look listen to these lines. So the the Sixers shot fifty for fifty-three for one oh five. That's fifty point five percent. They shot forty fourteen for thirty-three from three, forty-two point four percent. They shot seventeen from twenty from the foul line, eighty-five percent. Uh, Embiid was 12 for 26. Uh, Maxi was 20 for 32, seven for 11 from three. Yeah. And, and only three free throws. I know. I know. So we see these 50 point yeah. games all the time. This is how impressive this 50 point game is to me. Like you see it with Embiid, yeah. we've gotten a couple in his career and everything, but it's always followed by like 20 free throws, 30 free throws. Like he's like, yeah, half I, his points are coming from the free throw line. Maxi did this. This is just old school, like 
Michael Jordan, old school Kobe Bryant. We're just catching fire today, and we're going to shoot 7-11 for three and 20 for 32 from uh, from the field. I mean, amazing. Just an awesome, like awesome 50-point game. Breakneck pace of the game, too, and just like the way that he does it with a lot of different different stuff, you know. I mean, that's why when I, I was looking when I woke up this morning, I'm like, surely somebody had compiled like the whole video of, um, you know, of ways he's doing it because it's just his his tool set is just crazy. I will try, I will attempt to narrate kind of over this and explain everything that I see here. So here's a clear out little pistol, like hand off DHO there, pull up for the three. Here he is early in the shot clock. Look how high they set the screen. Super high screen. Get him downhill. A little floater. <laughs> it's not an easy shot. Unguardable. It is unguardable. Um, that's over Miles Turner who can jump out of the building. There's another high screen. He goes over and he just beats him, right? I mean, just takes him off the dribble. It's so hard when they're setting the screens. This one's one of my favorite, I think. So this is like a double drag, but I think it was an accident. <laughs> Because I, I don't know if they meant to get the second uh, screener in there, but you know what I'm saying? Like staggered double screen early in transition, yeah. double drag. Here's just another clear out, get the switch in ISO. I mean, that's just a James Harden step back three right there. So if you're keeping track, what's that? There's like five different ways that he's scored already. Um, just keep this playing, Craig. I'm just going to talk over it here. Um, this was an ATO with a little like fake uh, fake back screen where he just peels out to a, to a catch and shoot three. You know, again, like th this combination dho kind of pistol like the hybrid action same thing there you know in I mean, this with is the what they've been from... looking for for like seven years now like a guy yeah. who can who a two a point guard a two who can just create off the dribble get to the basket shoot from three like if we had yeah. this guy on the seven the 16 17 18 Sixers, maybe we beat the Raptors easily. <laughs> well, and then that other one there before the block, he's just attacking a closeout. You know, here's another like little like brush cut, but there's a step. I mean, like step back, crazy three. That's the play they ran with Simmons and JJ Redick all the time with Brett Brown. You remember that? That kind of like low to high. This again is just attacking a closeout, like a tough flow. These are not easy shots, like this, these floaters in the lane. Um, and then this was the one at the end here where Embiid wanted to get it to him. So there's a little brush cut, barely a it's barely a screen and just him doing all the work himself, you know, Dude, that was like from outside the building. That step back. <laughs> I know. That it's was, like there's no that was Steph Curry range. Yeah. That step back. I respect. And like you said, those, yeah. those shots were all tough shots. That was not in a light 50, an easy 50. No. And I mean, like you played man. So just like chime in wherever, but again, like this kind of stuff. Okay. So then that, that's just barely like on that play there, that's barely even a screen. The guy was not, did not go over or under. He just kind of got caught up on Embiid, and so he just pulled up and fired. I mean, that's great decision-making. But these are the ones I like the most. I mean, they set the screen at the 76 there, and he's just downhill. Mm -hmm. yeah, because he just turns he, – he's so quick at just turning the corner that when you when you space it out and you do those high-middle pick-and-rolls and these little – yeah, again, he's going over there, drop coverage, and then he just shoot, shoots it right over him. You know, I, they, they did so much – you know, it's interesting, man, because like – you know, Embiid was was so much of Embiid was not a screen setter. They, he didn't play pick and roll at all like the first two years, I guess, with Brett, right? You know, and then when they brought um, JJ Redick in, he, they were just bombing him off those DHOs, right? So it was a different kind of screening, right? I mean, he was holding the ball and trying to, you know, p pivot and, and screen or whatever. But now they're doing they're they're doing all of it. They're doing traditional pick and roll. They're doing Brett Brown DHOs where he's bombing off of them like he's like uh, Tony Parker or something. And they're, they're doing, uh, you know, like, like people know what I'm saying when I talk about pistol, right. Where it's just like a quick, I'm going to hand it to you. You hand it right back to me. It's almost like just mm -hmm. a, like a spin off of a 
dribble handoff where he's again he's just grabbing it and he's like attacking downhill and and it's just, yeah. he's just he's so good in space man it's just incredible to watch him do it but yeah 40, so 47 of the of his 50 points were from the field on the field you know it's only, crazy only, yeah 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 god bless it's mike muscala <laughs> that meaningless that meaningless bubble game in 2020 with those two meaningless threes like Mike yeah. Muscala is going to have to induct Tyrese Maxey into the Hall of Fame. It's only it's only fitting. And I love how I love how Maxey and great question by Austin Crow after the game last night. How Maxey knows about it. How Maxey knows about the whole Mike Muscala thing. Like, hey, shot the thing yeah. I really, yeah, I really enjoy Philadelphia and everything. I mean, I'll, hey, listen, man, I'll be honest with you. I know we're in the trust tree here. We can. Uh, I'll throw my hand up here. I was all in on trading him plenty of times. Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, packaged with Ben Simmons for a deal. I've shipped off Maxi more times than I can count, but I'm happy to say that I know absolutely zero amount about ball. I mean, no, I, but I don't. I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I don't think you go back in hindsight and say like I was wrong because of the player that he developed into. Because it wasn't the whole take about like trying to match up windows to win now. Because like, yes. we did that whole thing was like predicated on the idea of like, hey, if Embiid, by the time Maxi takes that step and becomes that guy, if he does, remember it wasn't guaranteed. Nobody knew for sure that he was going to turn into the player that he is now. But if he did, I think the concern was like, hey, he becomes that player when Embiid is done, right? So then now, what do you have? It's like you have an amazing player in Maxi versus an Embiid, a non-prime Embiid. So I think I think every I think like you know. It's nice of you to admit that, um, you know, but I don't know if it's definitely, definitely necessary. You know what I mean, it's like, because uh, it was just, it was just like, again, it was like how many years, what we were thinking last year, the year before, whatever, before the Harden shit, right? You know, like how many years does Embiid have, have left? If we got to move Maxi to match up the windows and to give Embiid the best chance to win before he starts to go downhill, then that's what you have to do. I think that's all that was justified on though. I don't think anybody was saying trade Maxi because he's like not gonna, because he's not it. Like it was always yeah, yeah, yeah. about it was always about Embiid, right? I mean, am I am I wrong? About getting a star. Yeah. No, you're, it was always about getting a star. It was always about yeah. getting a star. I think. Do you do yeah. you think this is a good uh, comparison? Joel Embiid is kind of rejuvenized, like uh, Jason Kelsey was with uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I know, obviously, they're in two different yeah. aspects of their career and everything, but after that four and twelve season. Uh, I really do think like Jason Kelsey was close to retiring and then here comes Jalen Hurts, you know, he sees the guy that he like, you know, he can, he can get behind and that is uh, that really wants yeah. to win. And I think it kind of revitalized his career in a way. And I, I mean, before the season, I was like waiting for the day that Joel and B was just going to request a trade and just be like, Hey, you know, it's going to be some random day in like January where I was like, Hey, we're hearing yeah. some rumblings that, you know, Joel Embiid wants out and stuff. And I think this maxi stuff, he's calling him the franchise and everything. He's like, he looked like he was more excited than anybody in the locker room after with uh, the Nick nurse speech and everything. And he just feels yeah. like he's, he's just revitalized and, and it's, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to watch. And it's something we, we, we really, uh, we really needed. Um, I think it's a good comparison. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he looks. Yeah, he looks like he's just, you know, happy, happy to have the weight of the drama kind of off of him. And uh, they're just yeah. playing. They're playing basketball, man. They're playing team basketball. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you like one form of basketball is better than any other form of basketball. I mean, you know, I, look, I wrote the story like last week or after the first couple of games or whatever. It's like, hey, it's nice to see them moving and cutting again. You know, like what a novel idea in basketball for guys to move off the ball or whatever. But I'm not I'm not gonna like do the hindsight thing and say that Doc Rivers, like, okay, Doc's stand around ISO, whatever. I mean, Embiid, let, let's be hundred percent honest here. Embiid won MVP playing in Doc's system. True. Did he not? I mean, that's nothing they were, that we can they were number one seed, you know, at one point. They were <laughs> 
Yeah, and it was really damn effective, as as boring as it was. So yeah, I mean, like the basketball purist will say, like, hey, look, they're doing this like Iverson cut into this like rip to the net or whatever. Yeah, that's pure basketball, you know. But I'm not I'm not gonna like, and I like that much more than ISO ball, of course. But ISO ball was was effective for for you know more often than it yeah. than it was not, you know. So, but but um. This Very side. effective in the regular season. I feel like in the play in the playoffs, it just all came to a head when people were actually start trying and stuff and, and everything. It's just good to see what 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 is great about Nick Nurse is like it's it's in game adjustments. It feels like he's so much well, yeah. better at in game yeah. adjustments. He's just so much more bought in. It feels like on the sideline and everything. Like it's just it's 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 completely night and day between like a guy and I give I give the Sixers so much credit, man, because we were dude. Their Q score was the lowest in the city, lower than the Flyers, lower than you know you know teams yeah. that like aren't even really in uh, in the core four. And, you know, just to just to get back on this team, go ahead. You seem like you want to say something. No, I just my <clears throat> final point is I know we teased we got B doc coming up here. But um, I, I think it's like when you look at the idea of keeping them at arm's length, we've been the biggest proponent of keeping them at arm's length because we don't want to get burned, you know. But I, right I, now. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. It's like if you watch them and enjoy them all season long and then you get burned in the playoffs versus not watching them all season long. Mm-hmm only to just get burned into playoffs anyway, does it, what's, what's the difference, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, do you feel like you've invested, do you feel like you invested too much emotionally in them during the regular season and you take the loss harder? Cause I don't, I don't really feel that. Like if I'm going to be disappointed with a second round exit, I'm going to be disappointed no matter what, whether I watched them a lot during the regular, regular season or, or not, you know, I feel like you're watching a movie. And if you if you're not going to invest in them right now, and you're just going to watch the ending, and it's a sad movie, and all you see is like the main character die, you're going to be like, oh, you know, why do I even you know care about this movie? I think it's fine yeah. to invest in them right now. I think it's you just go along yeah. for the ride. It's going to be so 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 much fun. I mean, I I I don't have much expectations, and you know what? They will probably in in the in the, in the grand scheme of things, unless they go out and you know get some depth pieces or a star, they are probably you know bound for a second round loss again um, when it's all said and done. But yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's like uh, it's it would be like watching this Philly season or last year's Philly season and be and, and missing out on like the awesome, you know, stuff after the game, like uh, Brandon Marsh and, and Stott throwing water on guys or, you know, Harper's <laughs> yeah. 300 yeah. home run and stuff like that it was all fun. Yeah, it didn't it, end the way we didn't... wanted to, but it was a lot of fun. Or beating the Cowboys when Dak Prescott goes up and does a helicopter. You know, I mean, I can't sit here and say avoid the Sixers because we know it's going to happen inevitably and then have my anti-Seth Joyner rants about, like, trying to enjoy the moment, right? Because it doesn't matter. Like, if we're not going to enjoy this now, then then what the hell is the, is the point, you know? So, um, I mean, right now we have an 8-1 football team. We have an 8-1 yeah. basketball team. They both have the best records in each of their respective leagues. That's amazing. Like, how many yeah. times? Like, going back to your rant last week, how many times yeah. did we say that? That's just, I know, I mean, no, I know, I know, I know. And I think Ford, the, the tweet, or the tweet, yeah, the thing that I just, the comment I just pulled up from Ford, he says the difference now is that I have zero expectations for the Sixers. Perfect. So I'm enjoying the style of play. I think, like, that sort of reset and, like, the the philosophical question, like a gap year, um, kind of kind of served as like a recalibration of sorts, which you said about Embiid, uh, you know, being refreshed with Maxi. I think the fan base feels that a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But it's like a different kind of Sixers that we're watching. It's not this crushing weight of expectations, but it's like, here's a new coach and they're like 15 deep. Okay, I'm, I feel like I'm watching something different. You know what I mean? So, And, you know, people are peeking the- at the Clippers and their own four with James Harden. 
And James yeah. has 50 points this year or 54 points this year. And Max has got 50 just by himself <laughs> yesterday. So I know people are enjoying that too. I know Surprise. they're enjoying that a lot. Yeah. There was, it's like uh, Mike Grow once, once said after they uh, traded for Golden Tate, he said, there is only one football, you know, and then he got oh, fired. Man. I think a couple games later. So. <laughs> you want to get into the B Doc interview? Yeah, you want to uh, kind of set it up here, explain to everybody yeah. what's going. On. Okay, definitely. So we pre-recorded this on Thursday, so uh, it'll be a little, you know, wonky. If you're listening on the podcast, it'll be just fine, but it'll be a little wonky if you're on the stream. Now joined by a five-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, NFL 2000s All-Decades Team, Philadelphia Eagles legend and Hall of Famer, doggone it. Let's bring on Brian Dawkins. What's up, Bill? How morning. are you? What's happening? What's happening? Bless, What's bless, bless. Happy to be here. We appreciate you coming on, and 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 you're coming on because you teamed up with Jordan Spector for the Relentless Immortals trading card that fans can get now. Limited edition card at SpectorsSportsArt.com for seventy five dollars. Proceeds benefiting the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. Buy one, and you could be one of the lucky random people to get an autographed card. I got mine right here. I know Kev's got his on him got as right well. Yeah, got mine. It's great. B Dog's got his. <laughs> now, go. uh, now tell us, you know, how'd you get approached with this collab, and and why'd you want to be a part of it? I got to give a lot of a lot of credit to Jordan on this. Like this was his his baby, his idea to do something different. To to uh to do some collectibles that are extremely rare and create from a creation of some of the things that I've done, some of the plays that I've done as far as the player is concerned, kind of bring it to life, so to speak, in a different, in a different, uh, different vein. So you have to give Jordan a lot of props on this one. <laughs> yeah. Brian, were you a, uh, a sports card comic slash art guy growing up? And, or, and what about um, Jordan made you want to, want to, want to work with him on this? Uh, where's my, that's what y'all want to I mean, come on, man. Are you, you serious? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, love man. It. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, just growing up, loved cartoons. Obviously, I still love cartoons to this day. Matter of fact, I list I look at cartoons on a regular, to be honest with you, to always keep the child in me, you know, vibrant and, and alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love comic books. Um, didn't ne- didn't necessarily collect cards, but I did have cards, uh, superheroes back in the day um bubble gum like all that type of stuff i was very interested into into that um imaginative in in the imagination of a person right in your imagination and how you're free to be whatever you want to be in that space yeah no doubt it's funny because we had all that growing up i mean so you got the weapon x here with the uh the wolverine uh design on there that's a certificate of authenticity that comes with each of the cards the card itself, this one is still wrapped, has the uh, the the Wolverine Weapon X, you know, the the flying uh, flying tackle there too. I ha- it, it's funny because I don't I don't know if the gen of this generation B Doc kind of understands cards the way we do. Wow. I mean, this is kind of what we had, you know. I I went yeah. back and d- dug out my thing here. I have like a Boomer Esaias in like 1991 here, and who do we have here? We have uh, we have oh Art Monk. Here's a good Art Art Monk. Art Monk. Monk. Yeah, back from back in the day. Yeah. Yep. This was how we like share. This is how we communicated these things. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have NFTs. We didn't have any of uh, 
social media is is it a generational thing i'm not that old i'm only 39 but it makes me feel a little old so for the most part no listen let's change that thought now so we don't <laughs> we don't get old brother we get more seasoned man we just get more <laughs> Ooh, seasoned. Like get more seasoned um yeah it, it is you know and you do have younger individuals that like it as well they like the the, the nostalgia of it going back and, and doing things from that perspective but yeah that's what we had so we didn't have all these other options right so maybe that was that's why we were so into it because that's what we had and you know to have an art monk and nobody else have it like that made you a celebrity like you was a little small celebrity in your school right yeah right so and you whole box full of cars and you don't you you never know what player you would get right and so when you then had that whomever the big star was at the time you are like a a little small celebrity in your school you (laughs) have become an influencer right Mm -hmm. so it's it's i you can you can send it to more being about the times than anything else um but it's also about the love, like the the love and, and the, the connection that you felt with Art Monk. Like you may have never met Art Monk, but because you had Art Monk, you were you were more willing to want to watch him play, even even though he's playing on the other team yeah. that you don't necessarily like. So it's kind of a, a fantasy even back then, like fantasy teams. You like you had you might you might have had your fantasy fantasy teams in your head you just didn't know it right yeah that was the precursor to fantasy football where the cards that i brought to the lunch table at school yeah 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 well let me stop talking and let y'all ask some more questions (laughs) (laughs) look brian they're eight and one right now um uh, they have have the best record in football um look I, i think our philosophy on this show is it doesn't matter how you get there it's it's how many it's not how it happened you know um i mean what what do you see when you look at this team right now as they head into the bye week here yeah i me i i because i've been through so many different seasons and and i've been blessed to play the game in a specific way and play it at a specific level for a long period of time my mindset is a little different when it comes to wins and losses right like i love i love the so-called ugly wins I love them. Yeah. Why why do you think I love I love them because it 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 leaves a bad taste in your mouth to still get better because oftentimes, you know, Charles Barkley said it. I, I don't know if he originated this, but he's the one that I heard said it, say it. Says that winning is the greatest deodorant there is, right? You know, it covers <laughs> up a whole lot of stinky stuff, right? True. So um winning can if you're not someone that is very hard on yourself which i was hard on myself anyway so i didn't need all of these other things uh potentially i didn't need to have an ugly a ugly win so to speak for me to want to get better my my standards were very high for myself but sometimes other guys need that coaches need that ammunition right we win a game but we knew we easily could have lost that game because of all of these mistakes we're making so now you as a coach can still be hard on guys who don't necessarily have that type of willpower or 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 high standard for themselves right now you're willing they're willing to even listen right because they need to listen because if we don't listen you're going to lose these next doggone games so again you can you can ramp up not just from a we want to be good because we're eight and one and we want to be better because we're supposed to be better. No, if we don't get better, we're going to lose these doggone games in the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? So you can use that as ammunition. So I honestly love where they are. I love where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Winning ugly, better than winning beautifully. I like that. Yeah. Keeps people focused, you're saying. It can. Love Again, it's not, it's, it's not a formula for success for everybody because yeah. not, not everybody's men- mentally built um, in, in a specific way. But 
Some people can use it. Everybody can use it. Some people need it, and others will just use it. Okay. Uh, real quick, Brian, I want to ask you just a general. It's I'm, I'm interested if, if you would be um, if you would like to play in the type of defense that you see in the NFL in 2023. It's a little bit of a different approach. You know, guys are kind of focused on preventing the big play. There's a lot more zone than than man than there used to be, and it's uh, you know some conservative kind of approaches from defensive coordinators and from head coaches as well. And I'm just curious as if that's something, uh, what you, what you see as a safety and looking at that, if that's something that, that you would so be uh, interested in, today, in today's NFL, I would want to be a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be a safety yeah. safety. You don't really do anything. If your safety's in, in the, in the days NFL, you're, you're covering yeah. deep, you're staying deep, you're making, make some pick some interceptions, but that was not the totality of my game. I was blessed yeah. to do so many things in Jim Johnson's scheme. That's why weapon, why, like weapon X, right? Being able yeah. to do a lot of different things. So Jim used me and moved me all over the field because of my skill set. Now I'm not saying that you don't have players that can still do that. They're just not necessarily used that way. Right. Um, and again, it, it takes the imagination of the defensive coordinator to be to, to to see that they have a dude that can be used in all these different ways that mm -hmm. then can be used in all those different ways. So you then call the number of that individual in a lot of different ways, a lot of instances. Why? Because he has skill set. And not only do um, you use these guys in that way, just for instance, I, I love I, I love my generation of safeties. Right. I love Troy. Yeah. Like I love Ed, right? Like so, Ed yeah. is different from Troy. Like Troy would have, Ed would have still been Ed doing his deep stuff, but Troy, yeah. closer to the line of scrimmage, you're able to use him and do more things with him, especially in today's systems and today's scheme. Almost like how Jim Schwartz used Malcolm Jenkins a lot, you know, walk him down to the line, box, box safety Similar. stuff. Like, yeah, flexibility. Similar. So, but but Jim, again, in Jim's system, safeties are still cover guys. Yeah. Like he blitz every once in a while from a safety position, but it's literally your linebackers and your defensive line. Especially if you are in that system, you love, you want to be a defensive lineman in those in those systems yeah. because they are featured. <laughs> All the stunts and everything is ran for defensive linemen to get home, right? So it's not a whole lot of blitzing by the linebackers in some of those systems. Again, some systems are different, but I'm talking about you talking about Jim Swartz. Like yeah. that's literally for the front seven. It's front. Yeah. The, especially a D lineman. If you're a D lineman, you love that system. Yeah. If you're a safety and if you have a, a, um, a lot of things that you can do, not so much, not yeah. so much. It's so funny. I was watching highlights before we came on here and I couldn't believe how much time you blitz. And I was like, I just, have, I, I feel like I haven't seen a safety blitz in like forever, like as multi, <laughs> as multiple safety blitzes in forever. Before we get you out of here, I want to do a quick rapid fire. Uh, just we'll rapid fire questions off and uh, they'll be easy. All right. All right. All right. Which is better, pick six or scoop and score? Cause a fumble, somebody else scoop and score. Okay. Kelly Green <laughs> or Midnight Green? A midnight, bro. I got to stay with <laughs> You got to be. I mean, you played your whole career midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who, who do you hate more, Cowboys or Giants? Giants. I'm glad you're like actually thinking about these and not. I like that. That's that's a, that's a good answer. Giants were were huge. Like you you would think you would say Cowboys. Giants in my generation were the same thing. I hated the Giants way more. It's my if you just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you the record. You just Google my record against Dallas. Like they weren't right. my rival. The Giants was All my right. rival. All right, that's an awesome <laughs> quote. <laughs> singing, take me out to the ball game, or singing, fly Eagles fly. 
Fly goes flock them on, man. I know. I hear you. <laughs> Best team in the last 20 years, 2004 Eagles, 2017 Eagles, or 2022 Eagles? What was the first one you said? 2004 Eagles, the one you played on. Yeah, that's a pretty good team, that man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to choose his guys, right? Yeah, that's a pretty I good team. I love that. Hey, B-Dog, we really appreciate it. Go to spectersportsart.com, $75, proceeds benefiting the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation, and maybe you'll get a signed Brian Dawkins limited edition card. We appreciate Thank it. You. And again, I got to give Jordan a lot of a lot of props for those coming up with the numbers and coming up with the specific things. And again, and that's another reason I want people to truly be excited about this is because this this is a rarity. This is not something that's going to be reproduced when you have these, when you get these, when you purchase these, you're going to have something that's going to be be there for for as long as you keep it together. Right. I love All it. right. Now, love shout it. out to Jordan, man. Temple. Al, I'm a Temple Al. He's a Temple Al. You know, it's Temple out that's put together, baby. So, B Dog, man, right. we really appreciate you coming on. All right, y'all be blessed. Thank you for the time. Nice one. Little uh, short interview with, with B Dog. Uh, he was great. Thank you so much for oh, for Brian. Thank you so much for Jordan for for setting that up. Uh, I know we have it in the chat right here. SpectreSportsArt.com. Seventy five dollars. Yeah. All proceeds yeah, yeah. go to uh, the Brian Dawkins Impact <laughs> Foundation, and uh, you could get a, a signed one. Um, and there's a bunch of different ones. We didn't get into that about it, but there's like green foils. There's just gold foils. There's rainbow foils. Like they're so cool. Great stocking stuffer for, for, uh, for everybody, uh, this holiday season coming up. Pretty sick, man. I gotta be honest too. Um, you know, we're blessed to, to do this and we've interviewed a lot of <clears throat> cool people and I don't, you know, I, I've, I've been lucky to do it long enough that I don't really like say, Oh, we got this person or we got that person. Yeah. Cause it's your job. Right. You know, but if like, 14 year old me knew that we were going to interview Brian Dawkins or something. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool, you know? So yeah. maybe that's one that goes on Facebook, you know, maybe my mom will see it and comment. Yeah. <laughs> if I B-Dog. knew that I was going to, I was going <laughs> to interview the guy who suplexed Antoine Randall through hell. Yeah. When I was like 10 years old. I would have been like, dad, great words of inspiration too. He, he says that we're not old we're just more seasoned that's a good that's a yeah. great way to look at it. i mean mentally i feel more seasoned but physically i feel old so you know yeah he, i mean he's a master motivator he had he had yeah, uh could you imagine if he was born like 20 years later the career that like he would have had as like a motivational speaker right after football with all like yeah. social media and everything i'm sure he's doing it right now and stuff but like it would have been yeah. even uh even bigger even brighter and stuff um no great dude man I just, the, probably my favorite eagle you know growing up i it has to be i am probably everybody's favorite eagle too i mean wasn't he i mean just he just never let us there, down what was there to not like <laughs> it's like just perfect, never yeah, let perfect. us down yeah perfect. there was but never yeah, like I, I, I was young so maybe there was but like there was never uh like after a game you're just like that brian Dawkins had a bad game just never was like that it wasn't the guy just always no. came to play every single time yeah. Oh. Interesting response to about that question about, you know, would he like to play in the modern day NFL? You know, he said he wanted he would play linebacker, you know, that's where the action yeah. is. You know, imagine, just playing, imagine having Brian Dawkins and just playing cover two, calling cover two, cover four <laughs> mm-hmm. the whole time. OK, you just uh, kind of stand back there and don't get beat deep. You know, I, it's it's kind of crazy to think of, of how it how it um, 
how it's changed so much, you know. But I mean, yeah, damn, there are some good safeties of that generation. Though. When he started I talking just about thinking Troy. that that golden era of safeties, man. Oh, <laughs> Troy Pole, Malu, Ed Reed. I mean, like you're talking like legendary players, you know. Um, but that was cool. Yeah, Jordan's art is awesome. It's good to have um B Dog on. So what do you um so when the Eagles aren't playing, what do you uh what do you watch on Sunday? You watch Red Zone? So this is this is uh I'll give everybody a little behind the scenes. So every year my uh my buddies and and everything, we get together and we go to the Temple Bar, Maxie's, uh the bar that's on campus, one of the only few bars in the country that are still allowed on campus. I think they're grandfathered in during like an early time. And if you went to Temple or you visited Temple, you know what Maxie's is. So we do a Maxie's Sunday during every Eagles bye week. So we were uh we were watching uh we were watching games over there. So that's my that's usually what my bye week consists of. Um no red zone at Maxie's, um, which yeah. is not good. Gotta gotta get the red if, if anyone from Maxie's is listening, we'll pay the what five dollars a month. <laughs> we'll give you the sixty dollars. All right. I went to uh, I went I went to meet up with uh, Brace because uh, uh, Sean Brace because he was doing a, a Philadelphia Union watch party during the uh, for the post turnout Wednesday at PJ Wellahan's in Hatfield. Yeah, apparently there's a demand for sports viewing in Hatfield that I was unaware of because there's like 200 people in that place. Um, but yeah, they had every single TV, but they had to get the damn Apple TV thing. You know, the streaming mm-hmm. has made the sports bar scene kind of kind of weird, made it a little weird. But um, that, I'm yeah, surprised you can't, you can't really. No yeah. You can't really open a open a sports bar without a Roku TV nowadays. Um, I know. You got to get the TV now. Yeah, or else you're going to have um, what was the CBS game yesterday? Was it the was it the Giants? And it was Steelers uh, versus uh, Packers. Oh yeah, Steelers Packers. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, the Cowboys won big yesterday. They're expected to win big, so they beat mm-hmm. Tommy Tommy whatever the fuck in his his I'm living at home. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, chicken cutlets and mozzarella. Yeah, chicken cut. My mom still make my bed for me. Gabagool. Hey, oh, I'm done. By the way, real Pico. quick, as, as a sidebar, I don't think you've ever heard of him. But if anybody in the chat has ever heard of this guy, uh, this grappler, his name is Mikey Musumichi. And uh, he he competes in, he's from New Jersey, I guess, but he competes in uh, one championship, which is in Asia. And he's like a sick grappler. He just submits everybody. But he's like a dorky dude with glasses who apparently has like really short legs. And he, his thing when he wins is he does the Italian <laughs> thing. And all he does is, like, make pizza all day, apparently. He's, like, the most fascinating dude on the planet. Um, Mikey but, uh, Masamichi, yeah. and I'll put Mikey. you in a stranglehold. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I'll have to send it to Craig or something. Mikey Musamichi or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not surprised that the Cowboys won as big as they did. Uh, Sam Fran was probably the surprise, right? I mean, you expect them to they blast the Jags as, as, as much they as – They might be they, back, Kev. We might yeah. have been – we would have been – a little early on throwing uh, a little bit of dirt on their grave. Um, Nick Bosa and Chase Young just sandwiching, uh, sandwiching <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Christian McCaffrey looked awesome. Didn't even score. They didn't even need him to score. Broke his 17-game uh, touchdown yeah, streak. Uh, yeah. Brock Purdy still. But it's it's it goes back to Brock Purdy. I will not trust Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is in his system. Like he he is he is the product of the system that he's in. I mean, it must be really nice to to throw to Debo Samuel and hand it off to Christian McCaffrey and then have Trent Williams blocking your blind side and then Nick Bosa and Chase Claypool on the or Chase Claypool, Chase Young on the uh on each side getting the ball back for you with great field positioning. Let me ask you an obvious sports radio question. You were in the fourth quarter in a close game, you know, like the one the Eagles played against the Cowboys the other day. Mm-hmm. You going with Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, or Jalen Hurts? 
I'm going with Jalen Hurts because we saw that graphic yeah. how how good he is in uh, when his team's playing from behind. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's going to come yeah. down to. That's it's going to come down to. I think it's either we're either going to play, um, and I do respect the Lions, but I think we're either going to play the Cowboys or we're going to play the the uh, the Forty ers in the NFC Championship. And I think it's going to come down to who's going to make the make the least amount of mistakes and who's going to be able to get their team going in the uh, in the fourth quarter. And I would easily take the runner-up MVP, Jalen Hurts, over either of those guys. Um, classic Dak game, 404 yards. Yeah. He's done it Step 10 times. Down. Yeah, he, 400 yards, four touchdowns against against this this seller of a team who might fire their their head coach and their GM one year after winning Coach of the Year. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, the weird thing about the Cowboys is that they have a ton of like blowout wins this year. Um, Brandon Cook showed up. Where was Brandon Cook last year, last week? Did nowhere to be found. Yeah, they were, really throwing, they were throwing to, uh, you know, Cavante Turpin and uh, Turd Ferguson and Michael Gallup and, you know, CD, of course, that is like 15 targets. But, but for real, I mean, it, I would ask this to the chat. What's the Cowboys' best win of the season? Is it 40 to nothing at the Giants in week one? Was it 30 to 10 versus the Jets? Was it 38 to 3 versus the Patriots? Was it 2017 at the Chargers? Was it 43 to 20 versus the Rams? Or was it 49 to 17 versus the Giants? The records of those teams currently are 2 and 8, 4 and 5, 2 and 8, 4 and 5, and 3 and 6. I, I don't just, they, there's, I mean, it's like they're looking at it. It's like, oh, we won by four touchdowns or whatever. They haven't beaten anybody. Who have they? What impressive win does Dallas? Is it impressive just because the amount of points they've put up? Or is it impressive because they've beat any decent teams? You know, they lost to the Cardinals. They failed the test against the 49ers and they failed the test against the Eagles, which quite, I mean, you know, honestly could have gone either way. Right. I mean, if Dak makes it one more play than, than Jalen does, sure. Um, but the Cowboys don't have a signature win. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they have to play at Buffalo, at Miami, home to the Lions, and then at Washington. That'll uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see how they come out of that gauntlet. It'll be interesting to see how we come out of this gauntlet going with the uh, with the Chiefs this week. And they've then, got uh, Seattle. Yeah. yeah, they've got Seattle, Washington, um, Philly. Or the next four, they have Carolina, Seattle, Washington, Philly. Okay, I mean, there's easily three wins in there, and then we'll see what happens with the. the I mean, yeah, look, if they if they win four in a row, I'm not, I'm not going to say a Cowboys four game winning streak is just an automatic because it's not, but they could get to 10 and three. Um, but then their final four, they have to play at Buffalo at Miami home to Detroit. And then at Washington, there's easily a loss or two in there. And then when the Eagles get through the gauntlet, you know, it's, it's um, giants, Arizona giants, you know, and with Seattle that Seattle game. Kind of, right? And what's from, and that's Seattle game at home, six and three right now. I don't think a lot of people yeah. know what they what they know about the uh, about the Seattle Seahawks, but but it, I'm not afraid. It could be, Look, even if I, it could be a four and zero, canceling out their four and zero, basically at the end of the season. Well, this is what I'm saying. I mean, if I can, if I'm trying to predict it from now, I don't know what the hell is going to happen week to week, but I could see a scenario where the Cowboys rip off a couple wins, they get to maybe nine and three, and then the Eagles lose to Kansas City or whatever, and the records start to come together again. And but I, I think people are going to panic. But I think it's going to sort itself out again, and I think there. I think that those are three gimme wins. Um, I'm not so what Kyler Murray's back. Who cares? You know, I mean, if they can't beat the Giants twice and the and the you know the Cardinals once there, then whatever. You know, and like I said, I don't think I don't think Buffalo is what we thought is what we thought they were. You know, I, I just I don't see just because the Cowboys are winning winning these games big. 
doesn't mean that they're necessarily beating anybody worth a shit. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like it's kind of it's it's that skewed it. You know, I feel um, like I believe in the Cowboys a little more than you do. Well, what do you think is their ceiling? I mean, you don't, but you don't think they're better than win that 30 10 win against the Jets. That's a good Jets team. I just think it's when they when they start when they start clicking on all cylinders. I mean, it was CD Lamb and it was Ferguson last last week. We talked about it. Brandon Cooks is nowhere to be found. Turpin, Mm. okay, he's around, you know, but you're not ever going to, you know, rely on him to. Well, you shouldn't never rely on him on fourth down, even though Dak did. I mean, they are they are a Dak stepping out of bounds and Ferguson not getting getting his knee down too early at the goal line from winning. And that's kind of what the Dallas Cowboys always are, always shooting themselves in the foot. Like the and Jets. that's why we never believe in the Cowboys when it comes to, you know, the playoffs and everything. The Jets in that game had 17.45 time of possession. The Cowboys had 42.50. I know that they picked off Zach Wilson three times, and so, right. I mean, that doesn't happen if the defense isn't playing well. But, again, how much of this is just piling up because their defense has been able to just gobble up inferior offenses, you know? It's like when they ran up against San Francisco and the Eagles, they weren't able to just kind of, like, eat. You know, yeah, clock like and let, let Dak yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. You know, I, I've never seen a team look so. I mean, they're winning convincingly, but they're winning convincingly against crap teams. Mm-hmm. That's why I laugh. I know you're not supposed to feed the trolls, but I laugh when uh, Skip Bayless thinks that you know the Cowboys are going to win convincingly. I mean, that they, they look, they got a home field in that game. It's going to be a little iffy. Mm-hmm. You know, probably avoid sports radio after that one, win or loss. You know, but uh, I mean, we I don't, know. I don't think we won in. Dallas since 2017, so you can kind of at this point market mark a loss on that count there every single year. So was there any was there anything else from from this week that kind of jumped out of you? It was a shitty Germany game. To oh, ten to six. that was the I mean, easiest the under in all of unders. Um, do we have to start respecting the line? Year? 41 points, 41 points, 41 38. They were yeah. up pretty big on the uh, on the Chargers to start. I think they were up like 24 to 10 for a while yeah. and then the, the the chargers started coming back i mean this is i mean jared goff 20 23 for 33 333 yards two touchdowns david montgomery 116 yards jameer gibbs 77 yards one touchdown for ran, david montgomery for two touchdowns yards. For yeah. yeah that's a very well rounded out team um i yeah, just i just i you're the you're the lions and it's kind of hard to trust the lions but <laughs> look at the Lions this deep in the season as a number two seed they kind of play above the, their sales. I'm going to ask you the same question. Same question, though. Just extend it to Jared Goff. I mean, if you had your pick of quarterbacks, you know, to 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 go with in a big playoff game and say it's being played at Lincoln Financial Field. I mean, do do you really see Jared Goff coming into the link and and winning here? No. Yeah, I mean, that's an oversimplification, of course, but that's what. We said last time it's not, it's not disrespect, and again, it's not disrespect. It's just saying like the Eagles are the Eagles have the target on their back. The Eagles are the best team. Do so you, people just do you want to do the win scenarios for uh, for the Lions? I can rattle off their wins. You gotta do wins and loss. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you can. So do Lions, yeah. Lions have beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Falcons. They've beaten the mm-hmm. Packers. They've beaten the Panthers. They've beaten the Buccaneers. They've beaten the Raiders, and they've beaten the the Chargers. Again, the Chiefs win. No Travis Kelsey. No, uh, no. Their uh, their starting defensive tackle was in a contract dispute. That was the first game of the year. I mean, they lost thirty seven thirty one to the Seahawks. Got absolutely blown out thirty eight to six to the Ravens. And then they uh, 
and that's all and then it's all they've lost to so kind of the same thing if you're if you're taking away that chiefs victory and you know should you maybe not but you're kind of looking at like hey what's this lions team too they haven't really played anyone and here's what they have here's who they have next bears packers saints bears broncos vikings cowboys vikings like we could we, we could be talking about a number one seed Detroit yeah. Lions, Kev. It's a little ugly to think. Yeah, I don't know how much I <laughs> like talking about a number one seed, Detroit Lions. Seven and two right now. Three and one at home. Four and one away. Yeah, they you have a like plus that, uh, Remember that Budenholzer year with the Atlanta Hawks, where there was like Paul Millsap and Jeff Teague, and they had that number one <laughs> seed in the NBA playoffs, and I yeah. think they got dusted. In either the they were first a round or the second round. <coughs> bigger fraud than Knox. 60 some games. No one believed in them. And they got yeah. absolutely, I think it was like 3 1 or 4 0 that they, uh, 4 1 or 4 0 that they got, uh, dusted in the playoffs. Like, this is, this is a Lions team that, like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to remember what's that game that they had. Oh, they had that Raiders game on Monday Night Football. And I remember watching yeah. them and being like, dude, just put these guys away. And they just never did. They couldn't put the guys, they couldn't put these guys away. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I just, I, I'm not, I look at the NFC and I'm like, all right, they got the Lions at seven and two. The the South is a clusterfuck. I mean, <laughs> like, who's, who wants that division? Nobody's worried about the Saints, you know? The North stinks too. Well, let me, here's, here's what I find interesting. <clears throat> is there a chance that the Seahawks take the West from the Niners? The Seahawks is there a- still. Go ahead. Because the Seahawks still have to play. They play. They get the Niners at home, but then they have to play. <laughs> you want to talk about tough schedules? Look at what the Seahawks got to do. They have to play. First, they got to play at the Rams. It's it's a divisional game, right? Not a mm-hmm. given. Home to the Niners, at the Cowboys, at the Niners versus the Eagles, <laughs> and then they got to go play at the Titans, which they kind of stink. And then they get the Steelers at home. The Steelers are a winning team, and then they got to go play at the Cardinals. But I think that's the hardest. Show. I mean. Niners at Cowboys at Niners versus Eagles. I mean, that's basically going to determine the West right there. I mean, because in San Fran, of course, in the meantime, yes, they have to play Seattle twice as well. And they still have to play Philly. But I, I, you know, they still have, they get the Ravens at home. They get the Bucks at home. They got to play at Washington. They should win that game. I, I just, I yeah, I mean, I think, again, I just think the Seahawks schedule. I would love a scenario where the Seahawks won the damn West, you know? That would be great. Um, well, I don't know if it's, it's plausible, but, uh, you know, you know, crazy. I don't know, I don't know if I want the Seahawks. I don't, I, if the Seahawks win the West, then I feel like there's a chance we get the Niners in in the wild, in the, uh, in the divisional <laughs> race, I feel like, but maybe not. I don't want the Niners Joey. until the NFC Championship. Uh, Joey B has an important question here. He says, Kincaid, did the ego battery ever go empty on you? Um, or does it work perfectly on a full charge for your lot size? No, it covers. I have not gone past 30% battery ever. I'm kind of interested wow. to see what happens if I just take it down to like 10%. I think it starts beeping and then it gives you enough. It only gives you enough juice to get it back to your garage. Then you yeah. gotta plug it in. But we've unplugged the ego mower for the uh, for the winter now. We did our last mow. I just took all the leaves, man, and I just ran them over with the uh, ran so them over satisfying. with the. the, the uh, yeah, it was. It was very satisfying. What else do we have up on the site before we wrap? I guess we got to talk about the Kelly Oubre thing, right? I mean, a sixer was hit by a car, and we didn't even mention it. 
I know. It was such a good positive show. And now we got to just, you know, yeah. talk about something shitty and negative. And uh, somehow a six, seven uh, forward gets hit by a car mirror in the chest. I mean, are we talking like Ford F-150? Are we talking like Chevy Suburban? Like what, what car took this turn at such an insane maximum speed? Because I know, I know like you lived in the city, but that, that area where he got hit was right off of Broad and Spruce. But like it's like a side yeah. street where he got hit, so it I think it's like right by the CBS, the old, uh, the old Fox and the Hound area over there. Like that's where that's yeah. where like, he got he got hit right by the Rita's Water Ice. It's wild. I mean, it wild. Spruce, I mean, right? a, yeah. Spruce and Hicks is what it was. Spruce and it's and just Hicks. it's just like does 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 God not like the Sixers? I mean, Zaire Smith, peanuts. Joel Embiid, twice broken face. One before the playoffs, running into Markel Fultz's shoulder. What else? Uh, ben Simmons is back, you know, coming out of nowhere, puking, you know, in the locker room because it hurts so much. Uh, yeah, right. Markel Fultz's shot just goes wonky out of nowhere because of thoracic outlet syndrome. Like, what is is going on? Like now, Kelly Oubre gets hit by a car, breaks some ribs. I mean, we, you know, there's. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, there was one show when we were trying to revive this before we kind of like redid the um the thing where Russ Russ and I just played uh um we we played uh the Jurassic Park theme song, I think, for like two minutes straight while just talking about Mark Fultz's injury. So the joke was uh thora- Thoracic Park, I think. We even did like a graphic or whatever. I can't find it, but I used to have a soundboard here where I would play like uh you know, stuff off my phone, the old Bruno and Mays uh, soundboard or whatever. But, um, I, you know, it's weird because there, right. There hasn't been a lot of information on the Kelly Oubre thing. It was, so here's, this is 1400. There's Spruce and like off to your left there, a little bit is Hicks. So they said that, um, here's your visualizer. As I explain this, according to police, Oubre was walking on the 1400 block of Spruce street crossing Hicks, which is to your left there, Craig, if you can just kind of drag it to your left a little bit. Uh, keep going past the CVS. Yeah. So uh, there it is right there. So you see where it says the Drake right there and the, whatever the hell theater, that's where he was. So it said he was crossing Hicks walking on spruce uh, when he was hit by a car that was trying to turn onto Hicks. So was he just walking and the guy started turning and didn't, didn't see him or whatever. It's crazy. It's like you said, man, he's six foot seven. And it says that he was struck in the upper chest with the driver's side mirror before fleeing the scene. So the guy tried to turn onto the side street there and he just ran right into him. Then he just took off, you know? I mean, it's, it's not like it was, you know, Oh, Craig's got the street view and everything. This is why this we, is where he makes, yeah. <laughs> this is how he makes his money right here. You know, just when I'm out on him, he pulls me back in. Yeah. So we're looking down at Hicks now and this is, spru- okay. So he was trying to cross there and the car was turning right. And hit him right there, and then just left. kept going. It's like, like car's turning left. Car's turning left. Okay, so he was all yeah. oh, right. It goes the other way. Yeah. So I don't know, man. That's it's crazy. It was this was like seven o'clock or something. They said yeah. um, it's not like he was like walking down the Roosevelt Boulevard at two a.m. or something, you know. But um, seventy six. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't know. And you know what? I think you know. Shout out to Kelly Oubre because I think this brings us to a bigger conversation, which I didn't know about. So he's taught me a little bit. Philadelphia is the worst uh, city for hit and runs. I did not know that. 
we are like above the national average by like yeah. more than double. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, the stat that I the pulled is a bigger conversation that I hope <laughs> Kelly Oubre has now, you know, been uh, been a part of and can and can bring us to a deeper light. I would just like to propose to our Philadelphia drivers out there. Can we just stop hitting, you know, or or almost maiming our uh, our our city's greatest assets? You know, AJ Brown almost got hit by a car during the autism yeah. uh, bike ride. Now we got Kelly Oubre Jr. I'm sure there's been more close calls that weren't reported. Can we just you know, you know, use our signals, use our brake lights, drive the speed? You know, let's 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 look out for our fellow man and woman on the streets of Philadelphia, please. It's probably a New Jersey driver, honestly. For being, uh, probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so last year, Eyewitness News, um, excuse me, uh, CBS uh, CBS News Philadelphia did a report. Well, they just they just parsed some data from the police, and it says uh, it's from Matt Patrillo. It says data shows there have been 32 fatal hit and run crashes in Philly this year. That's an increase over each of the last four years, and three times as many hit and run deaths when compared to 2019. Uh, the Bicycle Coalition of Greater Philadelphia also looked into the police data and said hit and runs reached an all-time high in 2022, which means that hit and runs are rising as a percentage of all fatalities, 20% in 2020, 28% in 2022. Between 2020 and 2022, pedestrians comprise 60 to 70% of the victims of hit and run fatal crashes, which is just ridiculous, man. I mean, it's like it's it's a... It's a Philly thing, you know? I mean, it's really, more, really bad here. It's a Philly. It's a Philly <laughs> it's a, yeah, I didn't mean it that way. But, yes, it's a Philadelphia <laughs> problem. Yeah, not like it's a Philly thing. You know, another person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can we do more hit and stays, people out there? More hit and stays. We want to lead the country in hit and stays. I mean, if we have to lead the country in something, yeah. I'd rather hit and stays than hit and runs. Well, that just doesn't that just suggest to you, though, that the, whatever shred of doubt that there might have been that, that he was – that. I saw somebody say, well, maybe he was walking when he wasn't supposed to. Well, if that was the case, then the driver presumably we think would have stayed, uh, you know, there's I'm no light there. There's no stop sign there. There's yeah. no, it's, it's a right. I'm pretty sure it's the right of way. If I'm, if I'm, if I know that place, like I do, it's the yeah. right of way for the, for the person, the crosswalk to, to yeah. be over there. I mean, Hey, yeah. get well soon not, there, Kelly. Glad it's only a rib not, injury. Not to end on a sour note, right? I guess the good news is that it was just he had a broken rib and nothing else super severe that, that was reported, you know. So uh, <clears throat> that's your silver lining, I think. Here. But, yeah, if you see a, a silver – all they said was a silver vehicle. They didn't even describe it, I don't think. But we're going to – we'll Oh, that it. video will be – TMZ will have that video probably by end of week. I mean, yeah. you got to think they'll have that video. Someone, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, the, if yeah. the police can't find it, the police will just release it themselves. I don't know what's what's. There's a lot of business around there. I think there's Aritas around there. Obviously, the Drakes around there. The CBS is around there. Uh, the Fox and the Hound is closed, but I think something is coming in there. So I don't know if the cameras are on. Someone has that video. The, the police definitely have that video. That 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 silver car will be found within the. I'm going to say by Thanksgiving, and I think that's probably ten days sooner you could you could argue well 10 days sooner would be tomorrow but anyway. i got it like um i gotta admit man we went to the fox and hound a bunch back in the day i know it's a chain two dollar tuesdays two dollar tuesdays back in the day. cheap and they had a bunch of tvs yeah so dude they used to do two dollar uh, tuesdays and i don't know how they were doing this price point but they used to have this place called uh well two dollar tuesdays used to sell um mad elf which is like 13 percent beer you'd have like two mad elves you'd be stumbling out of the uh 
stumbling out of the place and you've only spent four dollars like two dollar tuesdays were hilarious and then and then it's a corporate run machine so corporate got a hold of that and then they started only doing two dollar tuesdays for like domestics and like some craft beers and stuff but man yeah. in college going to two dollar tuesdays and stuff that's how you really uh lengthened the uh the dollar back then and uh do you want to you want to finish on something um positive real quick we'll do a quick like yeah. five minutes i was gonna show joey b this ball he asked about the ball it's just an mls authentic like uh uh match ball from like last year the year before or something like that so. nice balls no specific um, meaning the nfl national media some of them are starting to come around on the tush push craig if you can pull up the albert breer tweet for me albert breer over the weekend said you know what i don't want to ban the tush push anymore Everyone else falling, failing with the tush push has changed my mind on it. I don't want an outlawed. It's not a cheat code. The Eagles are just really, really good at it. And a team being good at something like that shouldn't ever be reason for a rule change. I am sitting here like Michael Scott, Jif, thank you. Like, this is what we've been saying. This yeah. is exact. Albert Breer is realizing what we've been saying for the last six to 12 months, that we are just very, 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 very good at this. And everyone is just very, 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 very bad at this. And this is why it mm -hmm. shouldn't be outlawed. We saw it in the uh, the Frankfurt game in Germany where uh, Michael Pittman and uh, Gardner Minshew couldn't get over the line. Uh, we saw it last night in the Raiders-Jets game where they lined up in a QB sneak and someone came for an end around and they got a first down from it. So now people are making variations off the QB sneak and the tush-push formation. We saw, yeah. um, Craig, I have something in the dock. Uh, look at this little six-play sequence from the Chargers against the Lions on the uh on the one yard line in that uh in that game it was fourth and or it was uh third and goal with the detroit one austin eckler right tackle for no gain fourth and goal with the detroit one justin herbert pass incomplete i guess uh there was a penalty on them to make it first and goal with the detroit one justin herbert up the middle no gain second and goal detroit one justin herbert up the middle to detroit one for no gain third and goal austin eckler right end no gain finally they were just like screw this fourth and goal we're passing the ball we're scoring a touchdown like if you if you look at that right there, that took them six plays, six plays to get it over the one yard line, and they ended up having to pass at the end. That would have been one play of of Jalen Hurts going right under center and uh, and scoring like that, like that right there. That's yeah. football. That's a football play. I was gonna share <laughs> the uh, what which was it from the Penn State to to put a wrap on it to bring it back to the beginning of the show. I, th I think after Penn State fumbled. Uh, coming out of the second quarter, right? Mich <laughs> Michigan's field goal drive uh, ended up going 13 plays and 45 yards, and it took 8.04 off the clock. Uh, Blake Corum run, J.J. McCarthy run, Corum run, 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 run. Yeah, so it was uh, 13, <laughs> 13 straight All runs run. that for 45 yards, and it just like – and they held him to a field goal after all that. But, I, yeah, I mean – I don't know. It was. It looked like the uh, that should go into the Hall of Fame with the uh, the Eagle, the Dallas Dallas's final drive against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, where they went mm -hmm. like first and ten, first and ten, first and ten, first and ten, like like five times in a row, and then they were in the red zone. So here's the thing, and I and we'll end on this. And Craig, I just pulled it up for you. If you could pull up that uh, that tweet. Look at the Browns players pushing this pile. This is this went a little viral over uh, on on NFL Sunday. Um, it's Jerome Ford, uh, running up the middle. He gets stopped at like 
let's say like three yards out, here comes seven Browns to push him over the first down. Like if the push push isn't a football play, then that can't be a football play. I I know. I know. That should have been whistled and it should have been whatever. Second and three, second and four. Like you can't just have eight guys come up here, push the pile and be like, you know what? We got to ban the tush push. The good news is I didn't see anyone get injured off the tush push. So you can stick that in your NFL data pipe and you could smoke it NFL and Roger Goodell tush push brotherly shove for life. I appreciate Albert Breer saying what he's saying. You know, it takes yeah. some takes a big man to admit that they are changing their mind on something. I think what we have to do is, uh, do you know who? Are you old enough to remember who Grover Norquist was? That sounds like someone who is not a real person. Did he lead the okay. uh, the Battle of Gettysburg? No, no, more recent than that. He was like a he was like a watchdog who um, created a list of every Republican that voted for like tax increases or something like that. So you didn't want to be on this dude's list, right? We should do a Grover Norquist for and like you know do a log of like all the national media who's pro push, neutral push, anti push. Anti push would be like Joe Shad, Peter King. Mm-hmm. Diana Rossini, you know, and we'll ostracize yeah. them. We'll put them on the Grover Norquist uh, tax pledge or brotherly shove pledge yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it'll be like that Sorry, McCarthy guy when he was looking for a bunch of commies. Wasn't one that was that like the Red Scare or something like that? He's oh, just yeah, the Red Scare. Uh, yeah. jo- not JJ McCarthy, Joseph uh, Joseph McCarthy. Yeah, I, I'm very yeah. fo- fo- foggily remembering that from Boyertown. They did teach us that <laughs> at Boyertown. They taught us all about the communists and how bad the communists were. But we didn't actually learn much about any anything else. You know? uh, I never learned how to balance a checkbook. But man, do I know about a bunch of commies who are bad people in the fifties? <laughs> no, I couldn't tell you what a mutual fund is, but I learned yeah. about uh, Adam Smith and the Invisible Hand. You know, so if you're listening, Mister Freeze, I would change the economy, uh, the economics course at Boyertown. You know, yeah, yeah. Show uh, me what what uh, where I should put my money. You know, in mutual funds and stuff. But uh, yeah. anything yeah. else before we get out of here? What is a bond? Um, no, no. We uh, Eagles are coming back. You know, we got more Sixers. Uh, they're 1-0 in the in-season tournament. I mean, lost in all mm-hmm. the maxi stuff was that they had a good win against Detroit. Um, I got to admit, man, I had to back off the TV and, like, watch it from further away because the Detroit court was killing me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they're 1-0 in the in-season tournament. Big win. Here's, a, here's an exercise for everybody. Google – Google Tyrese Maxey and you'll have your you'll have pictures from last night's game and then you'll have pictures of him playing against Detroit. My eyes like hurt after I was because we have obviously that uh, that footage um, website that we use for for crossing broad. And I was yeah. and I was looking at Maxey pictures and I was like, OK, you know, I want to get this one for the Pacers for the, whatever game and everything. I scrolled too far and I got to the Detroit game and there was like this radiating like red off the uh, off the picture that I was like, this is. I was like, my I like checked my eyes for a little bit. It was insane. Do that exercise yeah. if uh, if you need something to do and you want to, you know, avoid work. <laughs> it was pretty bad, and I I I feel like I'm a good barometer for um you know things that are hard on the eyes because I'm like partially colorblind to begin with. So when I can see that it's fucked up, like imagine how it must look for everybody else. You know, so, I know. Uh, so I that know. was my uh, you know thing, but yeah, it's all good. Excited for the Sixers. Flyers got a couple big wins. Maybe they're maybe they're not as bad as we thought. Um, yeah, boys are boys are scoring. Boys are boys are cutting yeah. some goals in the net, lighting the lamp a little bit, getting pucks in deep yeah. and everything. But uh, but money, yeah, we appreciate everybody. Yeah, lost some money on the Flyers, but I was happy to lose money on them. So. Yeah, get in line. Um, not everyone <laughs> can have the uh, the 
the five the five uh the first five games model um like that's i true. do and come that's out true. in the green every year under torts um <laughs> first everybody we, who who is uh still listening we really appreciate you listening and stuff uh head over to crossing broad uh, like we said espn bet is launching you we have this uh little um uh, what do you call it? Little little promo uh, launch pop-up. thing. It's launching in yeah. about yeah. It's a pop up. So if you go on there and you want to you know opt in and everything, it helps us out. We really appreciate you like the show. Keep the lights on. Help us out and everything. Have a good rest of the day, everybody. And we will uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday.